Welcome to Blackbird episode number six. My name is James, and today I am joined by the one and only Derek Bros. Derek is an activist who is putting on The Greater Reset, which I told you about a couple of episodes ago. The Greater Reset is an event that is taking place next week, beginning on the 25th of January, if you're listening to this the day that it's published, and I really hope to see you there. Derek and I connected briefly. Obviously, he's a very busy person, especially right now while he's putting together this event and a course and writing a book and documentaries and activist work and all of the other things that Derek Bros does. So I'll be sure to get him on the podcast um, when things slow down a little bit more for him. Um, but right now, I think that this is a very important message that everybody needs to hear, and I hope to see you on the Greater Reset Activation next week. And with that, here is my interview with Derek Bros. All right, Derek, thanks for joining me today. I know you're super busy, so... How's it going, James? Hey, not too bad. Uh, so I wanted to have you on because I know you and John Bush, who's been on the show previously, are starting this um, Greater Reset Activation um, and we've been kind of hearing about it on a lot of different podcasts. And I just wanted to pick your brain on that. Um, but before that, why don't, since it's your first time here, why don't you kind of introduce yourself to the audience so that they kind of know who we're talking to? Sure. Yeah. I appreciate you having me on to speak with your audience. So my name is Derek Bros. I'm 36 years old. I'm currently based in Mexico, originally from Houston, Texas. And for the last decade, I've been doing, you know, various forms of activism and uh, journalism. I currently write articles for the Last American Vagabond um, website. I've produced a number of different uh, documentaries and I've written six books and uh, I, I regularly write articles and produce video reports as well as the documentaries and uh, also kind of come back come from like a, a organizational background organizing music festivals and uh, you know, concerts and things like that. So a lot of uh, those skills are now being used in the interest of the Greater Reset Awesome. Yeah. And your, and your website, it's kind of where everything is, is the conscious resistance, right? Yep. The consciousresistance.com is the best place to find my books, the documentaries and all of my reports. All right. Perfect. Well, let's jump right into it. What is the great reset in your words? So the great reset to distinguish, because I know sometimes people hear us talking about the greater reset and they think yeah. we're promoting the great reset. <laughs> uh, the great reset is the world economic forums vision of the world that they would like to create in this, you know, COVID-1984 era. They officially announced it in June of last year, 2020. And the premise was basically, hey, COVID has shown us that capitalism doesn't work and that all of our systems are unsustainable. And thus we should make an effort to remake everything and make it more sustainable and just and equitable. And a lot of language that sounds, you know, maybe kind of, uh, appealing to some people, especially those of us who do recognize that they're that you know the old way, the old normal, whatever you want to call it, really wasn't cutting it either. Um, but their vision, the World Economic Forum, Klaus Schwab, and some of the folks that they're connected to, is very much a top-down, centralized, authoritarian vision. Uh, although they don't, you know, of course, promote it that way. Uh, it's a world where a rule by technocrats, and it comes from the philosophy of technocracy, which was first kind of promoted in, in the United States and different parts of the world and the originally in the late 1800s, but then kind of gaining steam again in the uh, early 1900s. And most people today, I wouldn't say are familiar with it, even though COVID has made it clear and this proposition of the Great Reset is making it clear that there we are, we are still very much dealing with it. And essentially what it comes down to is 
rule by experts, rule by technological expert, um, expert scientists, et cetera, AKA technocrats. And the idea being that the technocrats, the people with the, the technology or with the most uh, expertise in these various areas should be the ones to rule governments or to you know, make legislative decisions and things of the, that sort, as opposed to the people um, you know, the people making their own decisions. And uh, like I said, it was really popular in the past and it seemed to maybe kind of fall down a little bit or, or lose some popularity, but the idea has never really disappeared completely or gone away. And I think now again with COVID-19 and with the push for the great reset from the World Economic Forum, more and more people are uh, becoming aware of this term and are concerned or you know interested to learn more about, well, what does this mean, right? Because as I said, there are many people who recognize that the World Economic Forum's uh, talking about the unsustainability of some of our, like for example, the food production system. That is something that I would at present agree with, that there is very many problems with the, the uh, food distribution and food pro production system, the industrial factory farming system, but they kind of have an alternative vision than the one that we are going to be proposing as part of what we're calling the greater reset activation. Uh, yeah, that brings up, um, this was just in the news a couple of days ago that Bill Gates is now the uh, largest owner of farmland in the United States. What do you make of that? It's not surprising to me because uh, Bill Gates, which I would include in this sort of technocratic class, oh, sure. uh, is definitely somebody who's trying to well, I think he's probably the most perfect example of this whole situation, to be honest, because what you have is you have somebody who is not elected to government and, you know, none of the, nobody ever said like they were going to go vote and, you know, put him in there in a position of power, yet he is using his wealth and his connections and his, uh, his uh, foundation to, uh, for example, geoengineer the planet to, you know, he's invested in um, viewing, uh, excuse me, invested in geoengineering. He's invested in uh, Monsanto and trying to monopolize the the seeds and uh, and then obviously vaccines. And you know he's become like seen as basically again an expert during the COVID era. So to find out that he is controlling or owning vast amounts of farmland, it's not really surprising because this is ultimately the the technocrat um, agenda, what I call the predator class agenda which is to control and dominate as much of the world as possible. And then to sort of put themselves, promote themselves in this position of power um, as like, as the experts again, like, you know, they, in some cases, these folks often contribute to or create the problems and then present themselves as the solution. So uh, it's not surprising, but it is worrisome to see that somebody like Bill Gates is in control of that much land. But ultimately that is their goal is to control the land, the water, access to these resources and you know for the good of everybody and their sort of technocratic vision they will dole out you know what resources the people have or you know what access we get to land and water yeah and just to clarify so for a technocrat um it's not that bill gates and like anthony fauci say and klaus schwab um it's not that they want to be sitting in the oval office or you know on downing street or whatever it's that they kind of want to be the string pullers behind what just end up being puppets in the guise of politicians. Is that right? Yeah, I don't think that these people are have any interest in becoming the president. Like, I don't think you'll ever see Bill Gates run for president. Although, you know, in the last year, we've seen some of that kind of sentiment in the mainstream. Yeah. Like, oh, why isn't Bill Gates president? He's so great. 
Um, I don't think that that's the route that they would prefer. I mean, they've some of these folks like Klaus Schwab, uh, Bill Gates, et cetera, they, they've shown no interest in, in going that direction. In fact, they're pretty set on staying like outside of the power where they can safely criticize. They can also use their, their various mechanisms to still influence the world. So, I mean, with Bill Gates, Bill Gates is... Uh, the, the, the founder, the creator of the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, along with his wife, and using their foundation, they have been able to essentially gain control of the uh, global health policy, you know, funding the World Health Organization, creating organizations like Gavi, the Global Vaccine Alliance. So they don't need to be in position, they don't need to be in positions of government to have power. So, you know, they're a very clear vision that, uh, very clear example that you can have power and you can have influence obviously wealth helps out with that but they're doing so without being elected to any position at all and so i wouldn't see i, I wouldn't you know under I, I don't think that they would uh have a desire and they haven't shown any desire to join the government when they're already wielding so much power from outside right you wouldn't even see them in well i mean fauci will be in a position of like an advisory position but these sorts of people are really just trying to mold the culture and the politics will, will come along with them. W would you agree with that? Yeah. I mean, it's it, like you said that in a great way, it's, it's about the culture, right? Because if you can shape and mold the culture, which, you know, we're, we are all doing to various degrees, right? I mean, like we, through our relationships, our communication, our social media feeds, our interaction, you know, whatever it is that we do on a daily basis, we can shape and influence the culture around us. You know, we can maybe shape and influence the two or three people we deal with on a regular basis or, you know, our loved ones or our family and friends. That's kind of like for most of us, the limitations of our circle. Mm -hmm. And then obviously using social media, you can influence a lot of other people, but they've taken this to a whole nother level of being able to use their, their vast wealth and their institutions to, uh, to continue to influence the culture. So, so yeah, why would you want to get elected to government and be potentially held liable for a number of different, you know, like, for example, you, you might be under more scrutiny as a government official, obviously government officials kind of get away with whatever they want anyways, but yeah. you might be, you might face more scrutiny in that regard than you would by maintaining the position of power that you have outside of government and just sort of, you know, with, I've done a lot of research on Gates. I did a three-part investigation into him uh, last summer whenever myself and James Corbett launched the Exposed Bill Gates Day. And, uh, you know, he's been able to, over the last two decades, to remake his image, which is what all these really wealthy tycoons have done, going back to the Rockefellers and, uh, and other, you know, technocrats. And so he's been able to remake his, his image from the la in the last two decades as this lovable, you know, pastel sweater wearing computer geek that doesn't have a medical degree, but for some reason we're listening to him on medical issues. So, I mean, I, I don't see what his impetus would be to go within the government. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay. So that's a, that's a pretty good transition, I think. Um, so this podcast is, we, you know, we, we've been focusing kind of on the issue at hand, um, but uh, I really like to give my audience some practical tools to use. And so I think that's where we get into the greater reset, which you and John Bush and a whole host of other people, uh, a bunch of whom have actually been on this show before, are putting together um, to coincide with the event in Davos where the World Economic Forum will be uh, kind of doing their mass brainstorm on the great reset. Why don't you talk a little bit about the greater reset, how it came about and what we can expect from it? 
So yeah, um, this idea was first being discussed between me and John, which is basically just the idea that, well, we know that the World Economic Forum is going to be meeting because they're the, the thing is they're actually meeting at the exact same time that we're going to be doing the Greater Reset. They're meeting January 25th to the 29th, and you know, as a journalist, I pay a lot of attention to this stuff, and it's like, okay, well, we gotta, um, you know, we gotta send, you know, we gotta inform everybody about what they're talking about, and hey, this is what they said today, and then it kind of seemed maybe there's a better way to go about this rather than us just putting all of our energy that week into just obsessively watching what the World Economic Forum is doing and, you know, sharing that information, which does have a place and is valuable. Why not try to offer an alternative vision? Why not try to say, as opposed to only focusing on what they're doing, which I think is a problem with a lot of modern activism, um, it's very reactive instead of proactive. And, and so I refer to my activism as holistic activism and trying to think about how we can look at the problems and not only say like, hey, look at these people, they're doing these things, but we can ask and say, in what ways are we contributing to the problem as opposed to simply, um, you know, just standing by and watching them out of fear. And so that, that idea was being talked about with me and John Bush. And ultimately, yeah, in I think late October, we said, let's go ahead and do that. Let's see what we can put together. If we can kind of provide a program that can counter what the World Economic Forum is doing and, we're now here in mid-January and things have just been blowing up. I mean, it's been really, really great. We've got uh, so many people who've signed up on the website to get email updates. We've got like a Telegram channel running multiple Telegram channels and people are signing up and, and super interested. So it's been, uh, it's been great to see. And, and what we're trying to do is, again, look at the different areas that the World Economic Forum is focused on creating and kind of manipulating using their, tech, uh, their technocratic vision and that, that includes things like digital uh, technology, obviously things like blockchain and um, um, digital currency. It includes reimagining education. It, it includes uh, reimagining transportation. I mean, just everything in our world. And so we wanna say, well, look, like, like I said a few moments ago, things are unsustainable in, in many ways. There are such systems that do not you know, represent the values of the people and Maybe we should, instead of just trying to say, hey, let's just put our foot down and stop this, let's take the momentum and reimagine the world, reset the world in a way that does reflect individual liberty, bodily autonomy, and, you know, reconnecting to the planet, but in a way that's not, again, top-down authoritarian, because everything that they have that they have offered is not sort of, you have a choice. It's not like this is your own doing. It's very much, again, the technocrats at the top will decide and that's the world you're going to live in. And, you know, that's, I don't think the world that most of us want. And even if you thought like, hey, their vision's nice, you probably would want a choice, you know, if you want to go about it or not. Um, so we decided to put together the event, which can be found at thegreaterreset.org. And it is going to be six days now. It was originally five days. We just added a bonus day. Um, and it's starting next Monday, January 25th, runs through the 29th. And then again on Sunday, the 31st. And uh, yeah, we've got just some really brilliant speakers from a wide range of uh, fields and kind of areas of research and study from, you know, activists and, and journalists like myself to uh, health professionals, from people who have real practical knowledge on building community. And uh, we're going to be looking at the liberating side of technology because this has actually been somewhat controversial lately on social media. We've had some people trying to kind of attack us or claim that, you know, we're, I don't know what you were, 
controlled opposition or something because we're promoting technology because some people, and, and this is just kind of an interesting side note, some folks seem to, because they see what the technocrats are doing, they seem to think that any use of technology is thus bad then, or any use of blockchain or cryptocurrency or things of that sort, which is not, I would say, an informed position. I think it's more of a fear-based position. Um, so we are highlighting the liberating side of technology, the ways that encryption, decentralizing the internet and blockchain can be used for good and can be used in defense of uh, of privacy and liberty. Um, and it's, it's just, you know, th those, they're tools, just like any tool, a tool can be used as a, as a weapon to harm somebody, or it can be used as, you know, something to, to heal and to uphold and, and uplift. So I'm excited about it. it. It is, like I said, really coming together very quickly with lots of interesting folks. And we had so many people reach out wanting to be a part of it. Um, if we had, you know, we, we're planning to do more events. So there probably will be more events in the coming months where we can just continue to highlight solutions because what I've realized after 10 years of doing this and trying to make my work focused on solutions and really emphasizing that throughout my writing and my books and some of my speeches is that we probably need solutions. No, we don't probably, we do need solutions now more than ever uh, with everything we're dealing with, you know, COVID-19, the great reset uh, talk. And then of course this increasing division and chaos in the United States, people are, they're really hungry for solutions. They really want something practical that they can do in their life to maybe help them and their families out. And that's what we're aiming to do. You know, of course, none of us have the one solution or the perfect solution, uh, but there are many ideas that I think we can come together and collectively put forward. And then just, you know, it's up to the individuals who tune in. If you guys want to incorporate that or not, or just kind of passively watch it. Of course, our hope and our, our, our desire and what we're encouraging people to do is to, um, to host local watch parties uh, wherever they're at and, you know, just get together with friends and family on whatever, you know, day appeals more to you or all five days, if you can, all six days and, you know, invite them over. It's going to be taking place every night, Monday through Friday, and then uh, Monday through Friday from 6 p.m. to 9.30 p.m., and then again on Sunday the 31st at noon p.m., and all the schedule is, is posted on the website for anybody who's interested, but that's the main thing, you know, because the last part I'll say, and then I'll, I'll wrap this up, is that the World Economic Forum vision, the Great Reset, and, and all this COVID insanity that we've been seeing very much is trying to push us towards only interacting with each other digitally. You know, they talk, the uh, Great Reset and the World Economic Forum talks about the internet of things, the internet of humans, the internet of bodies. They have some very interesting and disturbing visions up on the horizon of how they would like to start incorporating us into this net, into this web and, you know, our very being there. So um, we want to counter that in the same way we're countering by providing solutions by saying, hey, how about we gather in person? How about we, you know, even if we can't get all of the spe speakers uh, in one location, because this is going to be a streamed event, we still want to encourage you to get together to, you know, hang out with your friends and family and really think about what solutions are available to, to take the solutions we're presenting, you know, have discussions on them, brainstorm, adapt them to your community and see how they can be used. And, you know, so we're doing that. And then I'm also going to be hosting an event in uh, Zihuatanejo, Mexico, for those who are interested or who can make it down. We're only a week away, so not much time, but we are going to be gathering, we're expecting probably a hundred or so people um, gathering in person to kind of stream it. And we'll have a couple of the speakers in person, but yeah, the point is, you know, let's focus on solutions. Let's get together. Let's share these ideas. Let's see how we can support each other during these pretty crazy times. 
Awesome. Well, I'm really looking forward to it. I'll definitely be there um, all six, well, all five nights and the day of Sunday. And I definitely recommend everyone else do the same. Um, before we go, do you have any other um, like personal projects that you're working on? I know that uh, holistic self-assessment um, was something that I think I saw a course that people can actually purchase. It's a book that you wrote as well, right? Yeah, I have that and another project that I'll plug. Um, the holistic self-assessment, I think, is probably one of my most important works. And yeah. I'm hoping with this course that it's uh, that more we get more eyes and ears on it. Um, so originally, it was a book that I published in 2018. And it's super short, super simple. It's meant to be, you know, I call it a self-empowerment book. Um, it's meant to be like a workbook that you can, if you have the physical copy, you can write in and kind of uh, and, and, and put your, your thoughts and notes in. But uh, you can also download the, the free PDF uh, on my website. But the goal of the web the the book is to help individuals first understand what are principles. You know, what does that word mean? How do you define that? And and once you can define that, what are the principles that you live by? And and then once you start thinking about that and thinking about the principles that apply to you, and in the book I lay out a few principles which I think are you know very valuable and worth uh, worth incorporating into your life. Then you start to take this holistic, which truly just means looking at whole systems, looking at your whole body and uh, your whole life and to see, okay, in which ways is my life, my relationships, my experiences, et cetera, not in line with the values and the principles that I claim to uphold. And this is meant to be not like for somebody else or anybody else to say, look, you're inconsistent, you're living wrong, but for us as individuals to maybe have some of that awareness and say, oh, wow, you know what? I've, I'm totally out of line here. I claim to have this one value that I you know, really care about, yet I'm not actually living by it. And the goal then is to say, well, that's a, a moment, that's an opportunity for each individual to then say, okay, I'm going to make these appropriate changes. I'd like to, I would like to live in line with my values. I do want to actually, you know, practice the things I preach and, and then to start making those appropriate changes. So each chapter of the book has a, uh, asks a question, uh, you know, who am I? What are my principles? What are my goals? Are my goals in line with those principles? Are my habits in line with those principles? Are my relationships in line with those principles? So each question has a simple, each chapter has a simple question. And then each chapter ends with another kind of real simple exercise that is designed to help the reader uh, become more acclimated and to the concepts and to kind of just get to know yourself better is what it really comes down to. Mm -hmm. And so I've recently been working with um, autonomy, uh, the autonomy uh, school, University of Reason, I can't remember their exact name, but it's Richard Grove and, and who's from Tragedy and Hope and does a lot of good, good work. His team connected with me and I basically put it, you know, we put it together. And so it's a nine week course that people can, um, they can buy access to. And of course, again, you can download the book for free and you can take yourself through this exercise. But if you want access to this course where I basically kind of teach each chapter and offer some exercises and some tips, people can buy access to that through the University of Reason Autonomy. And then the other big project, which is a little bit further up in the uh, in the, the horizon, but I'll share it with your audience, is my documentary series that I'm currently in the in the thick of once we get past the greater reset my mind will be pretty exclusively focused on it it's called the pyramid of power and it's going to be a 14-part documentary series that essentially identifies the individuals and the pieces of the pyramid of power the you know the predator class this technocratic class and so the first episode looks at the education system the second one looks at the media the third one looks at big tech we go to the banking system we go through 
Hollywood. We go through uh, exploring what are false flags, like real basic, maybe 101 to some people who've been in this kind of mm-hmm. research for a long time. But um, with my documentaries, I, I very much aim to make um, what I consider to be true crime uh, documentaries, all fact-based, all uh, you know, researched and documented. I don't consider them to be conspiracy documentaries because everything in my work is, is, is documented, uh, sourced, and, and cannot be debunked. You know, I, I'm basically trying to make this is the epic, you know, big picture documentary that will be undebunkable is, is kind of my aim. And each episode is going to be 17 to 22 minutes or so is what we're aiming for um, so that we can make it like a very digestible kind of thing that in our bingeable binge watching age, you know, people can kind of sit down and absorb it like they would like something on Netflix, you know, here's 14 episodes, take one in at a time and reflect on it. Or if you want to just, you know, binge it all, then, you know, that will be an option as well. So that should be coming out, begin, we'll start releasing the episodes in in March or April at the latest. And uh, yeah, that's, those are the kind of latest things I'm working on besides the greater reset. Awesome. That's super important work. I think uh, holistic self-assessment is very important for people in our spheres because uh, people in the kind of broader libertarian movement or whatever tend to be not very introspective and not very holistic in thinking, uh, myself included. Um, So I think introducing a little bit of magic and mysticism into our sort of milieu uh, will be very helpful for people. So I'm definitely going to promote that. Um, and then, you know, the pyramid of power, you, like you said, it might be one-on-one for us. Um, but it, we certainly, it certainly can't hurt to have a refresher on it. And also, um, you know, for people who are receptive to hearing things like that. And I think there's more and more of that happening right now. Um, especially just sort of with the unrest that we're seeing and state solutions just completely crumbling everywhere you look. Um, I think more and more people will be receptive to that sort of message. So kudos to you on all that. And I really appreciate your time today, Derek. Is there anything else that, uh, that I didn't hit on or that you'd like to hit on? Well, first, I, I appreciate you taking the time. And I'm sorry that my time is short at the moment. But, you know, maybe at a future date, we can uh, we can talk again and go deeper on some of these topics. But uh, no, I think that's pretty much it. You know, I just want to encourage your listeners to check out The Greater Reset. And, uh, you know, if you can organize a watch party in your area, that'd be great. If you end up watching it by yourself, just take some inspiration and see how you can incorporate the ideas. And you can find me at theconsciousresistance.com. Cool. Thanks so much. Thank you. All right. Thanks again to Derek for joining me today and thank you for tuning in. Be sure that you are subscribed on Substack. You can find that at blackbird.substack.com if you're not already listening there. Um, And if you're listening anywhere else, be sure to hit the like button, the subscribe button, leave ratings and reviews and all of that good stuff. Head to thegreaterreset.org. I'll put all the links in the description and I will see you next time. Until then, live free.